Okay. Greetings, everyone. Well, here we are. We got it. Good uh, news, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. Uh, you might not know it, because we haven't been on in a bit, but I'm your host, Tyler. And I am your co-host, if you've forgotten all about us, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. <laughs> oh my god, that was so much <laughs> worse him. than normal. About various aspects of D&D 5th edition, feel free to join our converse- conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. Hold on, i got to check the Twitter. I haven't had a good scream <clears> in a while, so that's why I'm excited. You know, I haven't had a good cry in a while. Yeah, well, yeah. I had my descent into darkness last night. It was wonderful. What the fuck does that mean? I was just I was just coughing like like for, for no reason. I didn't I didn't have any phlegm or anything. I just started coughing. Oh yeah, yeah. And, he texted about and I story. just I just for for whatever reason like whenever something bad's happening like I'm playing a game or something I say fuck you game, and I said that when I wasn't playing a game I was just coughing hey, and I, I quickly life. realized that game was life and I was telling myself fuck you life because yeah. fuck. <clears throat> So that's, a, that's an existential that was problem. Just, that was just played a, too many games. That was just a dark, dark moment. Is what that means. I pondered that for a bit and then fell asleep. All right. Does our, our levels look loud? They look loud. They we, do look loud. We're not clipping. Oh, you're clipping a little bit. They do look loud. Turn you down. Talk Turn a, me down. Talk a day. Turn me down. Okay, you Turn fine. me down. Do you I sound fine. okay? Yeah. Well, will anyone mind? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll test it at the break. Yeah. Um... But, but you said you had an opening topic. I'll let you go ahead. Well, I wanted to start with the fact that... Uh, I tweeted at the Jeremiah Crawford about this. He didn't respond. You know what I'm talking about. He didn't about. respond? No, he didn't respond. He didn't respond? It's such, a good, it's such a good question. And those of you and who follow us responds. on Twitter would have seen my question. And my question is, can a Kenku reproduce a spell effect if it's only a verbal component for the spell? Because they have mimicry and can reproduce exactly the sounds they hear. To which I will say this. I think it's it's not just being able to reproduce the sounds, but it's re- being able to like actually have the energy in you to cast the spell. What does that mean? I th- all if- magic is energy in some way. It's force, it's fire, it's cold, it's necrotic. There's energy to it. The verbal component is what expels it from you, but there's still a an energy component to it. So I think you would need the energy of that spell or that magical arcane nature in order to do it. Now, having said that... If you're a sorcerer and you hear somebody's verbal spell, why can't you just copy it? That I that I don't have a great answer to. So just right here, the first ones that come up in D and D Beyond that are verbal only are the auras. <clears throat> Those are stupid. But oh like, my god, why are they all vicious mockery? Sure. Shouldn't any Kenko be able to viciously yeah, mock? Yeah, if, if I hear you cast it, I should be able to cast the exact same spell. So I, I don't. I don't dispute it, but that would break the race, and then no one could be Kenkus anymore. I I feel like the obvious answer is spellcasting must have intention. Mm-hmm. Like you can't accidentally cast a spell. Isn't the only caveat being, isn't that what sorcerers were when they first started. The only caveat being wild magic, right? It's <laughs> accidentally casting spells. But I think the the, oh ra- my God. the rational response is well, you can't accidentally cast a spell. Like your intention has to be to to use your voice to do this. And if I'm a Kenku just reproducing, I'm just reproducing it. My intent, like my my. I, my inner intention isn't to cast a spell, you know. Kenku wild mage. Now that would be a party. Why? What's a Kenku? It just seems exciting to me. I'm having a great time as Cuckoo Jesus. Yeah. But my my set my I just wanted to start with that because nobody responds to me on Twitter. I mean, people respond when I say there's no show or whatever. They like the tweets or they retweet it or whatever. Retweet our tweet to Jeremy Crawford. Yeah, really. And um, get us some attention. But I did want to thank advanced. everybody for their patience. I was sick for a bit, and then we're off schedule. And now we're back uh, for the show. 
I had a cold and it just would not go away. And I was not going to, I was not about to bring you in here. Yes, I did not want to get sick as well because then we'd miss even more time. Into the domain of madness. Yeah, no, it's silliness. Yeah, because I got my wife sick and it was a whole thing. Yeah. This is what I get. I don't like being sick. It makes me appreciate breathing clearly. Is there anyone that likes being sick? Um, Probably uh, like, Munchausen's like, syndrome I'll say people. besides like a hypochondriac or something. Munchausen's. People who like going to the doctor, they're obsessed with going to the doctor. That, I feel like, is they don't, but they, if they actually actually got sick, I don't think they'd like it. But I think they'd be happy. Maybe they don't like being sick, but they'd be happy, like, oh, yes, yes, fuck, I can go to the doctor. Broke my leg! Woo! I can just go to the, they go to the hospital, they go to the doctor, great, everything's awesome. Then they need to be in more, like, extreme sports then. Concussions? Yeah. Broken bones? Yeah. I wonder if there's, if there's a higher risk taking associated with Munchausen's. Just Google that. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting study. So anywho. Yeah, um I wanted to we have we have a couple of different things to discuss. But but the first you the you want to you want to just jump right in. I do. I'm so excited. I am so It's rare. and utterly excited. It's very rare, but we you know, we get uh, messages and we got a message from somebody who wants us to discuss a particular topic. I'm going to say his first name, so it's safe. Yes. yes. Uh, hold on, I got to pull it up. Nope, not mine. Because cause we don't want uh, we don't want there to be R-A-W-D any kind podcast of podcast at gmail.com. You know, shenanigans. We got a message from now, Paul. Now, if this person does, if they listen and they want to get recognition, we're happy to call them out on Twitter. Yeah, when Paul we had post a great this. Paul had a great topic. Great topic. Paul said, so excited. One topic I, I w- think would be interesting is your guys' opinion on third-party publishers such as Kobold Press. Now, to be fair, in 5th edition, I do not have a lot of fami- like intimate experience mm-hmm. with third-party stuff. Okay, that's fair. So this is heavily on you. Yes, which I, I do. Um, I've done a couple of Kobold Press books. I've bought a few things from the DMs Guild. Uh, I have the uh, Taldori Campaign Guide, uh, which, you know, Critical Role is very D&D-centric, but at the same time, like, they made their own book and they made their own stuff. Yep. So it's still very much a third-party press. I had some third-party stuff for third edition. Prepared is the one of the map packs that I bought. Map pack. Yeah. Map pack. It's like a snack pack, um, but it's made out of maps. So my opinion is uh, this. I love them. I, I love third-party content. I think that it's much more creative and they really hey, take look at the cover a lot of, this thing. of uh, it's got a sexy nymph on it. They take a lot of liberties that the D and D writers won't Ooh, take. Ecology of the succubus is yeah. one of the headlines. Yeah, on exactly. This. There you right go. There. So I that's mean, my, that's my kind of content right there. there baby. There's going to be all kinds of you know things that you're never going to see out and about in an actual uh, you know. Yeah, I would D&D agree. Book. I would agree with you with that the third party pr- publishers can take more risks. Than Watsi can because they are a Hasbro company. Yeah, they're a Hasbro company. They are the same people who make Scrabble. Yep, the game. So they're not about to publish, you know, a truly deep murder, mm-hmm. s- violence and rape and darkness campaign no. setting. There's always going to be the you are the good guys, these are the bad guys. Yes, in any of their pre-made yes. campaigns. Yes, it's there's a little leeway. You might be able to get away with doing things a little shady, but at the end of the day, you're never going to be the bad guys. It fucks me up mentally to think like a company, like, like Disney, yeah. with Marvel movies yep. or whatever. Like mm-hmm. the the fate of the world's at stake. People are dying, but you still have to keep it like light, mm-hmm. like Curse of Strahd. It's this guy 
who like mind dominates people and doing whatever he wants and kills people, blah blah blah. Terrible curse on the land. Still like jazz. gotta keep it kinda PG on the edge of thirteen. Yeah. Right? But you know when you're playing the campaign, like our DM we just played yesterday, his go to description of when we kill something really bad is if you fucking vaporize Pink it. Like mist. it's just like a yeah, exactly. You hit it so hard, like it Part especially, of it exploded. Especially when you use magic missile. You put three magic missiles into something that has one health left. I guiding bolted that thing in the eyeball for like 28 damage. 36. 30, 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it fucking exploded. A crit on a guiding bolt. It was beautiful. Yeah, I really didn't anticipate that. Obviously, I wouldn't have. It was a. It turned into like a sun. That was. That I think point. that was our only crit all night, by the way. And I critted once, but it was a whip, so I only did two d four. Whip good. Did a whole seven damage. A lot of ones. We had a lot like, of ones. At least eight Ooh. ones. Wow. But back to the topic. Um, Third party publishers. I'm I, just I looking really, at the Cobalt Quarterly magazine right now. I truly and utterly love the Tadori campaign setting. Really? Yes. Um, things that they do that I love, uh, they give you the world. They say, here are all the places. The toughest thing, in my opinion, about being a DM is making a place. Yeah. Like, my number one concern is the name of my city stupid. Will it get ridiculed? Well, City Stupid is a stupid name. I mean, yeah. So I, I, I always try <laughs> to make me. interesting names that are simple, but at the end of the day, it's it's hard. I want to work for this magazine. This is funny. Ten new <laughs> weapons. Giant ants? It's a trap. Unstoppable horsemen. Like, come on. This Cobalt Magazine, this is great. I want to work for this. Cobalt Quarterly. Anywho. Oh, it's fourth edition. Ooh, hell no. Never mind. Change Aside mind. from that, uh, I also love the... Uh, way that they set up their adventures. They say, okay, if you have somebody... So talking about Taldori. Yeah. Yeah. And, and pretty, a lot of third-party publishers do it this way. You know, they say, you're in this place. Here are campaign hooks. Here's something that you can say. You know, they're a fifth-level character. Maybe they've heard tell of this, you know, simple adventure where you can go gain some knowledge of the towns, gain some knowledge of the world, gain some experience. Uh, and there's different... Hooks depending on what level your campaign is at, or what kind of uh, experience your players have. Like if you're very experienced players and you're, you know, thirteenth level, you know, maybe you want more of an advanced setting. So they go ahead and give you ideas for advanced things to do in this part of the world. So built-in plot hooks. Yeah. Okay. And I really like that, um, especially if you're looking to make something that is your own, but at the same time, not having to create everything. Like you take what they did, you make it your own, and you have a unique story in a campaign setting that everyone's familiar with. That's part of something like playing with the the main content because we're we're playing through the uh, Lost Minds of Fen Fendeliver. 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 Yes, we're doing the intro currently. campaign for our intro DM. He's and, doing a um, wonderful job. Doing a great job. And um, you know, it's set in Neverwinter mm-hmm. or that that area. Yeah. And I, I kinda you know, I, I like it because you like you hear a name, you're like, oh yeah. <clears throat> At the same time I'm like, mm, I don't really care about Neverwinter, you know. It's just it's just like a setting that exists. Yeah. But if you're like borrowing a third party place, I don't know, I don't know anything about it. It's got it's more fleshed out, you know, because I don't read the third party stuff. Um, I'm like, oh, that's exciting. Where's that mm-hmm. kind of thing? So third party has more of a because there's so much an ability to be <clears throat> refined, but still new mm-hmm. to everybody, um, as opposed to like ref- heavily refined, like a World Wizards of the Coast setting, but very familiar, right? Like I feel familiar with everyone. You're like, oh, I. I I played Baldur's Gate. Like, I know whatever. Or I played Neverwinter Nights. I kind of know where I am, you know? Uh, and I, it makes me not really care about it. So it's, it's less of a sense of discovery. Excuse me. Jeez, I'm, like, burping a lot. 
Whereas a third party thing would have much more of that sense of discovery. Right. I'm trying to look up how many writers they have on the D and D, like, staff. Oh, a lot. Like how many? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the player's hand. No player's handbook is in my car. But oh wait, yeah. no, I have a digital copy. Yeah, because the, so the writers are listed. Essentially, what I what I would like to bring up with this is just that there are X number of writers. Let's say twenty until he finds me a number otherwise. There's a. Oh, they took the page out. Anyway, so yeah, well, let's just say twenty. There's a there page. Might be more, this might be has... less, but let's just say twenty. At the end of the day, <laughs> twenty people are going to have ideas. They're going to have a number of ideas. Yeah. Any number of ideas. But they're not going to have every idea. That's where I think third-party content is the best. Because you just... It, it, even if it's nothing more than you read something and you get a new idea for your own campaign. I love that. I fully support it. And anything that gets something new into the world is great in my opinion. Especially for a game like D&D where... The possibilities are literally endless. Right. It's great to get as many ideas out there as possible. You find some you like, you find some you hate, use the ones you like, forget about the ones you hate. So I don't know how I acquired all these, but I have a bunch of DMs Guild content that I've never looked at because I bought 25 new backgrounds once, and apparently that came with a lot of stuff. I do remember you buying the new backgrounds. Love these backgrounds. Because I was a poet BT for a dubs, time. Because, like, bodybuilder, um, uh, poet... Uh, whatever. Where's, can I fucking download this for fuck's sake? Because I want to open it. I don't want to buy it again. Stupid ass DMs Guild, bitch. Whatever. It has, like, really cool... And that's the best part, is it's third-party content that's very different, but none of it's game-breaking. It's just not like I made a new class or something. No. It's backgrounds. I mean, there are, there are those, but I think uh, the DMs Guild does a great job of promoting stuff that actually is very helpful or, or potentially great, and kind of like pushing to the side stuff that's eh, breaking. Evangelist. Yeah, and doomsayer. Could have had. Either I could have had it. False prophet. False prophet. Oh fuck, bitch, titties. That, 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 that is what you are. That's, that's literally that's what, what you I are. Am. False prophet. Skill proficiencies: deception, religion, done. Yep. Languages: two. That would have been nice. Fine clothes. Holy symbol. Priest um, pack. Read that feature. Inspire a miracle. People as a whole want to believe. As such, many people who find out about your reputation as prophet will ask you to perform miracles. If you promise them a specific miracle and it comes true, even if it's through your covert actions, word will spread through town and you and your allies will receive free free room, food, and lodging in that town for a month. An example of such a miracle might be promising that a mother's child will be spared of plague and then paying a priest to covertly cure the child's disease. <laughs> so anything, That's great. So anything, I think that could be even read like, you know, re- a doomsaying thing like, "Oh, this town's gonna be struck by a plague and then causing a plague," yeah. and everybody's like, "Oh my God, you're you're How'd you're you know? a prophet." Um, <clears throat> you are all sinners. Yeah, you're all fucking sinners. So those little things in terms of third party content, huge fan, huge fan of non game breaking stuff. Yes, little things that you can add that I would never think of. Yeah, like I would never have thought of that in my life. Right. Like I may have said, okay, I'm gonna take the acolyte background and kind of like twist it a little, but right. I would never thought of just making that background. So, I love it. Here's my question about this. This is by Richie Root, just the mm-hmm. 25 background. Um, what do you know the sort of refining process for getting something on here? Uh, I don't. I've never tried to get anything. Because I am there. curious about that. Like, just just do you have to have like. I'm pretty sure you have to be ratings. Like, no, I'm pretty sure you have to have, like sign up. I'm sure just like with any website, like there's various levels. Like there's level where you're just buying stuff. There's level where you can promote your stuff. Because we've previously talked about like finding online 
content, mm-hmm. and it's generally bad. Yes. Like, oh, I found this class online. Can I use this? Yes. Can I use this yes. class? Yes. This war, 100%. this war machine class. Yes. It's always bad. Yes. Um, but there's like a level of legitimacy to this sort of third-party publishing stuff that makes it separates it from that. Mm-hmm. This is a cool picture. What the fuck is that? I've actually read this. This is great stuff. These are monsters of mythology that somebody put into a D&D so, setting. Speaking of monsters, that was one of the my favorite third-party piece, third pieces of content from third edition were creature collections. Mm-hmm. So you had the monster's manual, one, two, three, four, five, I think was all of the monster manuals in third edition, but you also had the creature collection uh, fiend folios. I remember the fiend folios. Right, and they were, it was stat blocks, the exact same stat block format, mm-hmm. like very similar abilities, mm-hmm. same creature types, mm-hmm. it was, they used the same f- guides, but they had a whole slew, hundreds of different monsters that were all pretty balanced because yeah. they used the same rule sets and the same general molds. Um, but there was two of them. There's Fiend Folios 1, Fiend Folio 2. And it was it was under the guise of creature collection. So you just, you just a book full of monsters. That's what I want from third. That's, I want more monsters, right? So one thing that uh, third-party content has a lot of is uh, not necessarily new monsters, but modified monsters. Yes. Like... You have a hobgoblin army. There's going to be various ranks. There's going to be generals and lieutenants and all this stuff. But do I really want to sit through and make an army? No. No. But if somebody went out there and did it for me, I might pay five bucks for that just so I can say, this is my hobgoblin legion. There's this general. He's got these stats. There's this lieutenant. He's got these stats. And then I don't have to make it. And that's wonderful because then I can focus on the story, not making 100 dudes. So I think that I think you've touched upon exactly why third-party content – third-party – I can't say third-party third party content. content is – essential is like if I'm if I find this you know, character class online that's like super broken I want to play it that's just some dude put his thing online because he wanted to play a broken thing mm-hmm. the third party content is people making content as a job and if like I want to make some money from this like I have an Etsy store or whatever if I make shit content no one's going to buy it if I make good content people are going to buy it so third party content is legitimized by capitalism basically I agree and it's, it fills that void of well, I'm I'm gonna pay for this. I'm I'm gonna pay somebody to mow my lawn instead of me mowing my lawn. I'm gonna pay you to make these monsters, and as long as you do a good job and keep doing it, more people will pay you. Yes, or and I'll buy other content. Yeah, it's it's essentially D and D light. It's like sure. yeah, you know, I could pay. It's DIY D and D. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's thirty five bucks for a monster manual. It's five bucks for a hundred new monsters on the DMs. Can guild. I find out more new monsters? So, Hold on. what are you doing? I mean, I think they're all over the place. Core rules, bundles, character options. Da, 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 da. I fucking, I just want monsters. Monsters. I'm just searching monsters. Monsters. Oh, whoa. That's a third edition, old time yep. stuff. There's some fourth edition. You have purchased this product. There you go. I have purchased this product. You bought Underdark Monsters. Apparently, I did. I can't navigate this fucking website. Monsters. Denizens, un- oh, what is this? I own these. I didn't know I owned these. Uh, you bought them at separate times, so it's not like you got them at the same time. I don't remember buying them. Uh, assortment of D&D monsters updated for 5th edition. Revised monsters. The Alep, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Crypt Thing, classic. Ophidian, yes, of course. Phantom Fungus. Oh, so these are old-timey monsters. That they made 5th edition they, stuff. They, they Shocker Lizard, classic. Fahwa. It's just like a, it's just like a lava worm or Yeah, something. so it's just a couple monsters that they, uh, you know, live underground, and they wanted to put back on 
thingamahoo's of what's it? Fifth edition. Oh, what is this? This is my Zachan Bestiary. Oh, this is a much bigger file. Bigger file. Yeah, you get a lot of monsters in this. But so that's that's another thing, right? Uh, uh, like basically, third party errata. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to update this third edition thing to fifth edition. Which saves me from having to yeah, do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think that's my main takeaway is a lot of this stuff, uh, if you're, you know, DMing a lot, you can, you'll figure it out and figure out how to do it yourself. But I love that somebody else did it so you can focus on your story. Because I think at the end of the day, D&D is a game based around a story and you should definitely be focusing on that, not on making 50 different monsters. Black Cloud of Vengeance, challenge rating 18. 18 armor, 280 hit points, speed zero. I was assuming Flies. that's 40 feet flying. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, immune, it can only it's immune to fire, poison, thunder, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing from non-magic. What's it good at? It's got legendary resistance. Magic resistance. Black winds, plus 13 to hit. Reach 15 feet. One target hit. Does 18 damage, plus 11 thunder or fiery wind. Recharge 5-6. Reaches a wave of fire. Each creature in a 30-foot area of the cloud must make DC 20 con save, taking 63 fire. A DC twenty con save is it's hard. impossible. Oh That's god! Hard. Unless you're like a unless you're a, like a barbarian so you're or something. Taking sixty three damage. Oh god! Black cloud of vengeance, gargantuan, elemental, chaotic evil, or chaotic neutral. This is I have a whole bunch of fucking monsters in this thing I didn't know. Desert yeah. camel, yes. Is there such thing as not a desert camel? A dromedary. Oh, never mind. There's a racing camel. Ooh, racing camel. Camel and of a the war pearl. camel. Ooh, war camel. A winged cat. Fuck. I, I want no interest in that. I don't want cats to have wings. Greater winged cat. Challenge rating two. Claw. Plus five to hit. Takes one D6 plus three. Boom. I like Multi-tech. it. Multi-attack. Gets two claws. Oh, fuck. Should have four attacks, probably. But, so I'm a big fan of third-party content. I just don't have a lot of it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's that's a thing. Um, money is a thing that yes. we have limited amounts of. Yes. Um, Broke is a joke. Yes. But I do try to support third-party content. I've definitely bought stuff from Coal Press. I had yeah, when I was a child, DM's my parents were buying stuff. my books. I had more. Yeah, yeah, you had a, a huge library. <laughs> I had a lot of books. Yeah, but yeah. nowadays we buy them. So, it, it, it. Paul, I hope that gives you maybe some talking points. Ultimately, trying to we like people. it. We have no problem supporting it. We wish we get more of it, but money is a thing. Yeah, it's just that it's that level of legitimacy. Level oh, of legitimacy. Oh my god! Whatever, I'm gonna go. Shh. We're fine. Are we, we, back? We, do, we don't. We're not clipping. I don't think so. Sorry if the volume fucked five, up. Four, three, two, one, no, I don't know, count go. you down. We just go. We're not professionals here. We're we're just amateur hour. Honestly, we you know it's pretty pathetic. So actually, my setup's nice. I got two booms. I got the mics in the boom. I got a good mixer. You know, I have more mics. We just don't use them for anything. I I actually did have something I wanted to talk about. Me too. Go ahead. All of these things. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what I really want to talk about is something that's it's in the name of the game. Okay, we can do this. That's I want to talk fine. about dragons. That's fine. We can talk about dragons now. Like, how have we not talked about dragons for realsies? I mean, because it's D and blank. Yeah, it's, it's Dungeons and Dungeons. Dungeons and blank. I'm pulling up a great third edition book to, talk, uh, to use yes, as a reference. Classic. Called Draconomicon. Yes. This is, this is my... See, wait, you say, wait, how do you say that? Draconomicon. Draco... The, the named dragon, Namicon. So it's so is it, dragon? So that's so that's a word that exists and is said Draco. Okay. What do you say, Draconomicon? Yeah. That's weird. You're weird. It's weird. 
Like fracking. Shut up, Malfoy. Yeah, exactly, right? It's a word that's already said, so... Book of Dragons is how I'll no, say it. Dragons. Book of Dragons. Dragons. No, see, because that's a G, that's a C, so those are different letters, so you'd say it differently. But the D R A are the same, and that's the thing that you're changing the sound of. Okay, so okay, I'm gonna give you two words. Go. Cough. Yeah. And through. Yeah. Each have O U G H. Yeah. Said very differently. I agree. English sucks. See how this works? I. I okay. I'm not saying English doesn't suck. So. But wait, wait. <clears throat> what about? What about? Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll think of something good. Um, wind and wind. Dove and dove. Yes. I understand English sucks. Hom- uh, no, those are not I... homonyms. Those are... Stupid. No, homophones sound alike. Homonyms look alike. They're stupid. Yes. Stupid. Yeah, English is a stupid fucking language. I hate English. We should speak Spanish or German. But it's better than, like, you know, Mandarin where a single, like, symbol means 18 different things. Yeah, but those symbols are made up of other things within the character. Yeah. It's terrible. The okay, dragons. You know the dragons. They don't really write their language down. It's written, isn't it? It does, but they typically don't write things. Well, yeah. The well, history. I mean, well, I mean, some do. The some history don't. of their language is spoken. P- people have written it down in time, yeah. of course, because dragons are some of or the dra- oldest some things. Dragons are scholars and take notes and shit. in a traditional D and D universe. We're tra- this is what we're talking about, not your D and D universe, not my traditional D and D universe. Dragons are some of the oldest things. Yes. On the, the plane. And have one of the oldest languages of the material plane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not as old as like a primordial language or something like that, but it's one of the oldest material languages. And it has an alphabet similar to Dwarven. Very runic. Yeah. Because, you know, carving runes. with your talons. Much easier probably. when you've got big old runes. So I'm using this book as a reference because it's it gave you literally everything you could fucking want to Honestly, know about too dragons. Detail. Too much. Too much detail. So much detail. Like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like we don't need that Like their eyeball much. dimensions. Um, where was... So there was... A part on here was like dragon aging. Uh, Where was it? I'm going to find it on here. Where was it? It was like it, it went through how old dragons are at different stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what is a young dragon psychology what is an adolescent dragon things like that yeah exactly this is the section see this section on dragon weaknesses very small they don't really have any very small they don't really have dragon weaknesses yeah it's not like this is Pokemon where they're weak against certain types of elements no No, they just fucking go here we go so it's got where's my table there's a table I don't think there is okay that's yours to twilight so this breaks down dragon ages into, you know, uh, young adult, mature adult, old, very old. I don't think I've ever seen the Twilight and Death ancient section. Ancient worm and great worm. That's where it stopped. So this adds the Twilight and Death of a dragon. Twilight. Now, how old is a great worm? What's it say? This says twelve hundred plus years of age, depending Ooh. on the kind of dragon. Just imagine living that long. No. <laughs> so then there's a little table on here, years to Twilight. Twi- so. Great Worm goes to Twilight, and a Twilight dragon is basically at the point where they're just they're just breaking down and dying. So it, entropy it, affects all of us. Even and this dragons. gives like different colors. So like whites take two thousand years to get to Twilight. Um, Chromatics die sooner. Reds I'm take twenty five. Yeah, the, the the well, that's probably a, a function of like how stupid they are. Um, <laughs> the recklessness that has yeah. led to their their hard their hard. Like a gold years. dragon takes four thousand years to Twilight. Now this is great because. The Draconomicon talks about death of a dragon. Dragons don't want to die of old age. They're like human beings, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to just sit in a bed and be like, nah, I'm dead. So a lot of them will 
eat their hoard and then go seek death when they're older. Or in this book, it says they have um, a thing called the departure. They will just will their spirit away from their body. They'll just be like, okay, I'm done. And the dragon will die. And its body will like turn into a natural part of the landscape, like a hill or a peak or something. Dragon's Peak, I like that. So in this book, it talks about things called dragon graveyards. Where just um, a bunch of dragons go to die? Yes, where uh, it's basically, where is it? Dragon graveyards are ancient places whose origins are lost, blah, 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 blah. As a rule, only accessible to flying creatures. Makes sense. And within it, it's like the storms of elemental energy. There's dragon ghosts. There's like dragon skeletons and carcasses. And so much money. So much treasure. Like you eat your hoard, you fly to the graveyard, you will yourself to die, you just fucking rot away. So in addition to those things, other adventurers might be going to a dragon graveyard. Like, we've never went to look for a dragon no, graveyard. That makes never, so much that's sense. Not, that's never even occurred to me. It makes so much sense. That would be terrifying, actually, because I imagine that there's got to be a lot of elementals there just yes. from the presence of the yes, dragons. Like, exactly. like massive, like, gargantuan elementals just wandering around. Yeah, because they don't care about the treasure. They're just they're there for the energy. Yeah. Because that's what, it, you know. So when you give up your spirit as a dragon, you're that old. It's like, holy shit. And it's probably like, this is a chromatic dragon graveyard in this region. So it's probably only like reds and blues I or something. I feel like at that age, you don't really fight anymore. Yeah, but you only live in certain areas. So yeah. like a white dragon's graveyard is not going to be the same as a as a green dragon's graveyard. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, red brass and gold are all going to hang out together in the end. Probably. Yeah. Silver lives in similar areas too. Mountains. No, but brass lives in um bra- coastal. I thought brass, gold, and fire were all brass, gold, and red were all fire based. That doesn't tell you their environment. Yeah, but I think they'd Silver all mine and heat, gold and point. reds live in mountains. Like I feel like they could end up in like or volcanoes coastal. or something. So that's another part that I like about dragons is it's real clear cut. It's like okay, this dragon is this color. It lives in this area. It has this attitude. This is how it behaves, and this is what his weapons are. Beautiful. This talks about dragon breeding and how they'll fuck anything. They, <laughs> they have they have like super DNA and can breed with anything. Um, and it talks briefly about interbreeding of dragons. Oh, so you can get like... Like green on blue. Okay. And how those children seldom survive. But it, again, it never occurred to me to have a, a, a teal dragon. dragon or like that a turquoise has, like, dragon. Lightning poison line. Yes, exactly. It has like a... Like a Acid, uh, you know, like battery acid okay. line, yeah. right? As opposed to like a like a toxic venom mm-hmm. acid or mm-hmm. electric uh, electric current or something like that. And it it doesn't necessarily live in a greens live underwater, right? No, no, blacks live blacks underwater. underwater. Where the fuck do greens live? Greens live in like swamps, don't they? No, no. blacks live in yeah, swamps. Hold on. Greens live in like what grasslands and forests. Oh yeah, they, they live in like forests. I think yeah. that's right. And blues live in deserts. Yeah. So like, where where do they come together? How is that possible? And then what would happen if they're like, hey, fuck it, let's make a baby? And they let it live. Wouldn't that be insane? I'm going to go to sample green dragons. You get a fucking white and a red dragon, make a little pink baby. Yeah. And it's got fucking icy hot breath. Icy hot. Yeah. It just hits you. First it cools you, and then it heats you. That's funny. Uh, All right. Sample green dragons. 12 green dragons. No, 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 no. They have water breathing. All green. Yeah, that makes sense. Woodland. Woodland. I love all the anatomy drawings. Yeah, like it's so gorgeous. It's such a cool book. I wish I, this is the kind. This is the kind of wow. So this he, is the kind of. Here's my thing. Here's my thing with dragons. There can't be that many in a campaign ever. This is this brings up a great point about dragon breeding. I mean, 
if you had just have like fifty dragons you in don't your need world, like they're gonna just wreck shit. Right. Well, only if they care. Okay. They're kind of aloof. Like Still. white dragons are kind of aloof. They're animals. White dragons are basically animals. Yeah, they love to hunt. I got that. Well, but, they're dumb. But at the end of the day, I mean, like, if there's a town that they find all of a sudden, why would they let it stand? So I like to think that the War of Dragons, right, Bahamut versus Tiamat, yeah. is eternal, and that chromatic dragons would generally do that. Like a red dragon, like, I'm going to fuck with shit, you know? And the metallic dragons are kind of keeping them in line, and the metallic dragons aren't doing that. So brass dragons like to take the form of humans and, like, trade with them and, like, fuck with them, interact with them, whatever. They like the fun of it, whereas the color, the chromatic color, chromatic dragons... They want to kill you. Yeah. They want to enslave yeah. you. They want to eat your treasure. Yeah. So, I mean, there can't be that many. If you had, like, let's say that you had 25 red dragons and 25 gold dragons to balance it out, at the end of the day, those meta- those chromatic dragons would, like, just decimate shit. But they everywhere. don't get along. Red- they don't have to. That's the whole d- point. It'd be terrible because literally everywhere, they'd be so spread out that everywhere would be fucked. They don't. It's not like they're all in one place. But they have such a drive for territory that they would always be attacking each other. They're very territorial I'm animals. sorry. Can, I, can you think of a worse circumstance than getting caught in a dragon fight? Yeah, so you wouldn't live there. <laughs> I think there's, there's probably like a natural selection of territories in the world. It's like, oh, we have, we, why are there no towns in this area? And somebody goes, <laughs> like, somebody goes to settle it like, I'm going to put my stake here. And like, sure as shit, that's where dragons fight and everybody just dies. That's why no one lives there. I don't think I've ever had more than like five dragons in an entire campaign before. I think we had one. Yeah. Last time, and it was just at the end for fun. Like, I and usually, think... like they are spread out, yeah. like massive. Because their territory is huge. It's like when you see those models of what a T Rex's territory size was back in the mm-hmm. day when dinosaurs existed. Hundreds of square miles, like a huge amount of space, because it needed to hunt, fuck, and dominate everything. So there's n- they, they yeah. weren't living near each. So time. obviously, you're not going to see them all the time. No, but they'll still come around. Seldom. Yeah. If ever. That's still their area. But they still have to find each other to breed because mm-hmm. they, they don't just magically exactly. reproduce. Yeah. And this goes into the physiology of it, like where two of them will get together and the, the female will probably give some of the eggs to the male to raise and she keeps some of them and they raise separate clutches of eggs. Mm-hmm. Metallic dragons tend to be monogamous and mate for life. They won't live together and hang out, but they'll come back and hang out and fuck and make more babies over and over again. So if you follow that model, there could be a lot of dragons. But they take so long to get to a size that they're dangerous, right? Fuck, I gotta like go. 150 years? What was it? I gotta go back to that page. Oh, fuck, no shit. But you gotta figure, like, um, what's their fucking... Uh, elves. Elves are very much the same. Like, you're not an adult elf until you're 100. Right. So... So, an adult dragon is up between 100 and 200 years old. Yeah. So, there you go. Elves and dragons live the same lifespan. So, there two you go. or three generations of humans will pass before your before the baby dragon is old enough to really cause a problem. In, a, in an adult dragon, it's still not, like, the biggest no, threat to an established not, town. Nothing too crazy. You know, a, a, a couple adventurers could go kill that. You're talking, you want the mature adults, you want the old, old dragons. Old dragons. Now, in current D&D, what are the categories of dragons? It's not the same. I'm going to D&D Beyond. I'm going to game rules. I'm going to monsters. Oh, I don't think you have them. No, they'll show up. Dragons show up. Dragons are SRD. Adult black dragon. They go to adult. They go to ancient. This is alphabetical, obviously. You should go by challenge rating. That'll help you out a little. Wormling. Yeah, I should go by challenge rating. You're right. You're so fucking smart. So I like to be so goddamn smart, Kevin. Wormling. Young. 
adult. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Adult, 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 ancient. That's it. Yeah. That's four categories. That's not enough categories. They used to remember the tables in yes. the third edition. Yes. The fucking tables. Yes. It was were, so hard to read. Very, very long, very massive tables. Because then you had, you know, at this level, at this age, they got this is wing the breath weapon. This is the speed. This is the maneuverability. And yeah, exactly. I think I like that because the name of this game is Dungeons and Dragons. So dragons should have a big chunk of that. There should be an entire just dungeon book, a dungeoneering manual. Yeah, a dungeoneering Nomicon. <laughs> Dungeonomicon. Or it would, or should it be like Dungeon just to change it up? Dungeon. The Dungeon. So the the back to your point of there's not a lot of dragons in the world. I think that's probably smart. Wouldn't it be cool like in a campaign like you build a world, you build all this place and there's just like one place where there's like a dragon council or some shit surrounding where, the dragon graveyard where all the dragons get together like once every like hundred years just to like be like okay everyone got their territories no one fuck with each other who's, okay, who's cool. fucking who yeah. so we established yeah. the arranged marriages yeah. of dragons yeah. right and they rule a part of wherever like, and then they and then they separate and go back to the rest of the world because they this leads me to my really final point for episode i think is the threat of dragons and their combat abilities mm-hmm Dragons have really three or four, three or four things going for them. Um, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna open an ancient. Got the power of flight. How's that for you? Okay, so, um, so I'm just gonna go to the actions. Yeah. Actions. So multi attack. So that includes bite claw tail. I'm gonna put that as one. Mm-hmm. Frightful presence. Not an attack. Fire breath. Always good. And then I'm gonna just put legendary actions yeah, under there. Yeah. Tail attack and wing attack. So multi attack. Great. Love it. Awesome. You know this thing's challenge rating 24. It hit plus 17 to hit. Ow. Probably going to hit. Probably going to hit. Fire breath. Uh, 90-foot cone. DC Does 24 deck save. 91 damage. damage. Fuck. Yeah. But Frightful Presence? It's, yeah, it feels so but, weak. But you get to do Frightful Presence in addition to all of your attacks for that round. If you do Mul- multi-attack. Yeah. Not fire breath. No, fire breath. no. But so you fire breath to start. Uh, obviously, now things are scared. Bam, frightful presence with all your attacks if you don't recharge. At this level, like because the DC's 21, yeah. right? It's wisdom save, which is, you know, common for a couple spellcasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this level, everybody's like immune to fear or resistant to fear. There's so many, there's races that are resistant yeah, to fear. But that's not the point. The point is that it's still scary to be a, when you're fighting a dragon. And here's the part that gets me. I wish this was not the case. Once you succeed in the safe, you're immune to the fear for a day. Yeah. I wish that was not the case. Why? That would make it so much more devastating. So much more devastating. I think they're devastating without being scary. What's the, so? What's the? What's it? It puts it in a um, frightened state. Frightened, yeah. So they've disadvantage, disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. Yeah. All the sources within sight and can't willingly move closer. Just imagine if you couldn't fight that thing, like because you have disadvantage on all your yeah, attacks. Yeah, but that's the point. I'd have to be using multi attack with fire presence. I would basically never be using fire breath. You well, fire breath. You only get if you recharge on five and six. Mm. That's a thirty-three percent chance. That's I mean, sixty-six percent of the time you're not using it. And. 21 at level 20 what's your if you're proficient with wisdom at level 20 so plus 6 plus 5 plus 11 let's yeah say. You're roughly plus 10 or 11 yeah. you're succeeding 50% of the time and then you're immune to the fear yeah I don't know I feel like but that wait, I feel like that's weak but, but what's what's gets wisdom as proficiency monks clerics paladins druids I think druids yeah so I think that's it uh Paladins get the bonus. Did you say that? Rangers? No. Rangers shrink decks. Uh, you're gonna make Mo- me. Monks only get it because they get advantage. They don't get. They get proficiency on everything. 
Rogues don't. They're dex int. Fighters are strength con. What sorcerers? Charisma. Barbarians are strength con. Charisma what? Charisma intelligence? Uh, or Charisma con, maybe. That might be Charisma con. Charisma Khan, yeah. Charisma Kern. I don't know. Something about Frightful Presence always feels weak. I don't agree. So I don't know what it is. I don't know how the mechanic solution. It just feels like... Because also, if I'm a level 20 character, I shouldn't really be afraid of much. Like, that's pretty much that dragon that's is about of, it. That's kind of my point. Like, I'm a hero. I'm fighting. I'm killing gods. This dragon is close to one of those. Yeah. Like, you I'm know, not going to be scared. I really shouldn't it's be scared. It's a tough fight, but I don't think I should be scared. Yeah, I really shouldn't be scared. Really. But be prepared. that makes this that makes this mechanic kind of just tertiary. But if I'm a tenth level character and that dragon shows up, oh, like, I should they, be fucking terrified. You're fucking dead though. The frightful presence doesn't matter. Well, it might not kill me. <laughs> I would eat you. Nah, you say that, but I've gotten away from your dragon. I don't before. have a swallow ability anymore either. I think you can just make that up as a DM. Excuse me. Like it's a gargantuan creature, right? It is a gargantuan yeah. creature with five hundred and forty yeah. health. I think that you can just say it ate you. That's a lot of life. All right, I feel like we could talk about dragons all day, but we're out of time for today. Um, we will be, we're going to try to be back on schedule. We're working on it. Now. It's so a process. I'm going to put this out t- tonight slash tomorrow morning, Saturday. Tomorrow. tomorrow. I, if I can edit it tonight, I'll put it out tonight. Um, and then we'll be back on schedules, hopefully for Thursdays, going forward. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your patience, team. We do love you. Uh, yeah. Um, as usual, I don't think we learned anything because we were just talking about stuff. I thought we did a great job covering a wide range of topics today. Today? Well, we talked about two topics. Yes, That's a normal exactly. amount of topics. Okay, great. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. We're on all the things still. We're everywhere you find we're your there. podcasts. We're there for you if you're there for us. Yeah, if you're there, we're there. Follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. I'll give you updates about the show if we're going to be late or out of town or whatever. And send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again to Paul, and we will see you next time. Till then. Thank you.